This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California, Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop on research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared by students, faculty, alumni, and other members of the USC community. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Turby Voices. As usual, I am one of your hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma, Executive Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Hey, everybody. I'm Maya, your other co-host, a current senior studying industrial and systems engineering here at USC. Oh, my gosh, Maya. It's the end of the first week of classes for you. I hope you're holding up well. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe we should tell them we're recording this way in advance of that, but <laughs> let's pretend it's the end of the first classes. I'm sure you're holding up well. Um, what in this semester that you have your last semester of classes, as we went over last week, um, what is the class that you are most excited about? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I So I'm taking one class that I'm excited about, and that's my um, GE, which stands for my general education credit. I think mm-hmm. it's like a, a sociology. I, I can't actually remember what the credit is in, but the class is about, um, it's an English class, and it's about narratives and medicine. Um, and all I know is the instructor has just like absolutely great reviews. And this is a class that filled up like as soon as possible. So I think it's a lot of um, upperclassmen, like a very... It's supposed to be a very interesting GE. So I'm very excited to take this English class as a little bit of flavor of something different. Um, but then I'm also excited. I'm going into my second semester of my senior capstone course. Um, so in industrial and systems engineering and actually a couple other engineering majors, this is like a year long project that we're doing for a client. So this is like hmm. the second part where we're actually going to start doing like more of the actual engineering um, and finishing this up. So I'm excited to wrap that up. So I think the class that you're referring to is anthropology and narrative medicine, an anthropology class. I think it's narratives in medicine. I forget what it's called, but it's very similar to that. That is very cool. I bet it's going to be awesome. And narrative medicine as an overall field is incredibly interesting to understand. Or maybe you're taking, now I found it, Introduction to Narrative Medicine, English yeah. 280. Yes. That's yes. What you're taking. So it's a study of literary modes of narrative and their uses in medical understanding, character formation, social identity, and relations between mind and body. Uh, that is a really, really cool class for a general education class. Uh, only 15 students in it. It's going to be a small yeah. kind of discussion-focused class. That mm-hmm. is really, really cool. Some people, we talk about this a lot. Um, some people might be shocked and maybe a little bit concerned that as a senior, you're taking a general education class. <laughs> uh, can you describe how the curriculum is structured? Because most people believe you take your first two years of GEs and then you kind of do everything else. which is kind of the old school way, but still a lot of schools that the, mm-hmm. across the country do, but that's just not how we do it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And USC does it in a way that I really appreciate. So the idea coming in is that every semester you're taking some engineering classes, but you're also like taking some general education courses. So you're never like doing everything all at once in a semester, you know, like, I yeah. guess, unless you really want to, like, you're not going to have all general education classes in one semester. So um, I personally am really excited to have like this general education credit that I've slated to take my senior year, because it's like, I'm I'm not taking all engineering classes, even though I'm like a senior and like a pretty old, I've taken a lot of the engineering classes, but I still have this space and 
um, opportunity to take a general class. So yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, it, it's what I would describe other universities do what I describe as uh, front loading of prerequisites. And we don't, we don't do that. Uh, there's a little opportunity to expand stuff. And people always think that it's horrible. Oh my God, why would you take a G as a senior? And I always tell them, <laughs> and hopefully my, you can jump in here as a senior, you're going to love taking a GE as a senior because it just is a really different mind break from technical, you know, design classes. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and you're also, you're not the only senior in these classes, which is really cool. Like every, sure. every time I've taken a general education course, there's been like, yes, there are some freshmen and I meet some younger people, but I've also met a lot of upperclassmen that have turned into pretty good friends. So she, one of my good friends great. who's also a senior, she's going to med school and she just texted me that she was in my class this next That's great. Yeah. That's very cool. Very, very cool. All right, well, let's get into this week's episode. This week's episode is a old friend of mine. Uh, when I mean old friend of mine, meaning we've been friends <laughs> for a long time, not an old person. But uh, this is Kevin Henry. Kevin Henry has been at USC for quite some time, which you'll hear about. I don't want to get into, um, but he's been at USC for quite some time. He used to work in, he started on the, in the admission office. He kind of came over to uh, the Viterbi School very shortly thereafter did some work in the computer science department and student affairs has worked in our center for engineering diversity. And currently he holds the role of senior director of diversity, equity, and inclusion here at the Viterbi school of engineering. Now I don't want to spoil any of this conversation because he explains it so much more than I do, but I want to tell you, Kevin is not only a great person. He's a fantastic person to hang out with. He is super funny. He is super committed to student success, which you will hear. And he is a fantastic representative of why diversity, equity, and inclusion is important, not only at USC, not only in the Viterbi School of Engineering, but everywhere across this country, especially as quote unquote DEI initiatives are under attack across the, across the country. We, we talk a lot about how this is about student success. And this is about how no matter who you are, or how you identify when you come to USC, we have people here to help you be successful. And sometimes that has to do with academic support. Sometimes that has to do with social support. Sometimes that has to do with emotional support. Sometimes that has to do with programming and creating activities and involvement opportunities. And sometimes, and more often than not, it's a combination of all those things. And so I want you to hear Kevin's story. He talks a lot about how he went to college, where he went, how he went through that, why he works in higher education, what he does in higher education. And also because we've known each other for quite some time, if you go all the way to the end, I give him an opportunity to share embarrassing stories about me because he knows a few. And I, I let him have, I let him get one, let him get one in there, which I think is a, a good one because we spent a lot of time together especially when almost nearly 20 years ago, when he used to work for the office of admission, we used to travel together. So there's, there's definitely stories and I'm glad that he uh, was kind and gave a, uh, a safe one. It makes any sense. So let's get your hand. you right over to me and Kevin Henry, and we'll see you on the back end of this episode uh, to talk a little bit more about where we are in the admission process and what you can do. There he is. <laughs> We're Zoom jumping today. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's good to see you again. I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> right. 20 minutes later, right? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, w welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. We're just going to get it get it going right away. Yeah. Um, Kevin, uh, 
I know you, we've known each other for a long time, but a lot of people don't necessarily know you that are listening right now. We, we, give, give, give us, give all of our listeners. We have about 10 of them. Give, give them a little bit about yourself, where you come from, what you do, all, all the things, whatever you want to start with. Let's start there and I'll dive in. Awesome. Yeah. We have known each other for a long time and it actually makes me feel old when I think about how long we have known each other. Um, I started at USC in 2003 uh, in the central office of admission. So literally uh, we've so known each other for 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Um, but yeah, so that's when I started my career at USC. But prior to that, I graduated from uh, the University of Southern, uh, University of uh, California, Santa Barbara. Oh, you slipped there. Um, you've been at USC for too long. Too long. Yeah. Anytime I say university, I think of uh, you go straight California. In. Yeah. So UCSB, Santa Barbara, go Gauchos. UCSB. Yeah, go Gauchos. So graduated UCSB um, in 2000, in 2000, and I started working in housing at UCSB for three years prior to coming to uh, USC. And so, you know, right out of college, started out in, um, in, in higher education, but on the housing side, um, and then started working at USC in 2003, Central Office of Admission, did that for three years before joining, joining Viterbi in 2006. Um, wow. And so been in Viterbi for 17 years uh, and I've kind of jumped around and moved around Viterbi, um, you know, since then. But outside of that, you know, a native of Los Angeles, grew up in L.A., um, graduate of Carson High School, class of 96. And uh most you of my to, family's here. What's funny is we, we yeah. you were talking and I was, I was thinking about you before you came on and I was like, yeah. I don't actually know where Kevin grew up. Uh, yeah. So you grew up in Carson. Grew up in Carson. Yeah. Right down the 110. Um, yeah. And so, you know, my family's from, well, from LA as well. So everybody's kind of local. You were basically, so I, the, uh, God, I mean, at the time, I think it was coming up as like the Home Depot Center, right? Right. Like the, right. the arena. So like when that was built, you were kind of right in the middle of all that. Cause I, that right opened like the late nineties, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What was right that like as a community that. with that giant kind of not giant? Well, I guess at the time now, all yeah. these other now, SoFi and all these other things that have gone into right. play, but that was a huge deal. This new soccer arena. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a huge deal. Um, it brought a lot of uh, traffic to the area. Uh, Carson is a, you know, middle class suburb. So, you know, kind of slow. Everybody, you know, kind of lives there. Not a lot going on outside of that. Um, aside from the Ikea, it's one of the few places that we actually have an Ikea. So Ikea <laughs> is also our, our other claim to fame. Um, but yeah, when it was built, it, it brought in a lot of, um, you know, a lot of jobs, but also a yeah. lot of traffic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ikea, man, I, I, I hate to say it, but like when people say Carson, I think Ikea, cause it's like, yeah. well, <laughs> that's where, you know, right. there's, there's what, there's a, there's an Ikea in Burbank and there's an Ikea in Carson. So in depending Carson. on what part of yeah. LA you're in, you like, you go to one of these two. Or the other. Yeah. Ikeas. They're like bookends as well, <laughs> as far are. as distance. So <laughs> yeah. Are. Uh, I ask a lot of people this and I, I'm kind of <laughs> curious on, on your perspective, um, you know, because a lot of our listeners are prospective high school students and their parents. Yeah. What was what was the the college search process like for you? Given that it was so, it was a while ago, right? We're really yeah. old dudes. Um, yeah. But yeah. do you remember like what was the biggest like stress or pain point for you as you went through that process? Yeah, no, I totally do, um, and I, I actually recall it quite often because I, I think about my process um, and compare it to what students today are going through. Mm -hmm. Back then, um, you know, it was it was really just conversations with my parents about where I would want to go to school, where I would want to move to potentially, um, and then really kind of narrowing it down to five schools. Um, I didn't apply to a lot of schools. You know, you, when I talk to students yeah. today, many of them will Different. apply 
to uh, sometimes upwards of 20 schools. Um, and that just was not even yeah. in my mind. Um, yeah. And so I narrowed it down to to five schools that, um, you know, were just high on my list for various reasons or that I hadn't engaged with, um, you know, and during my time uh, as a high school student, I spent a lot of time in the college counseling office. And, you know, back then, I'm sure it's completely different now. Back then it was, you know, going through massive books and looking yeah. at what schools were out there and, and right. what majors that those schools had and what they offered right. um, and what the application process was like for each individual school. Uh, and then sitting in on a lot of personal statement uh, workshops and like how to write a really well thought out personal statement mm-hmm. and pulling all that together. And so, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time senior year kind of navigating that. My parents really gave me the autonomy to to explore that on my own. Um, so they were very supportive, uh, very encouraging, uh, but they they wanted me to figure out what spoke to me mm-hmm. as a student, which I, I thought, you know, at the time I did, you know, I wanted them to be a little bit more involved, but I appreciate that they they left it up to me. The decision was mine, um, where to apply and where I was going to go. I will add a caveat: they are both graduates of UC Santa Barbara, so <laughs> there was some indirect, <laughs> you know, uh, encouragement that existed there as well. But <laughs> the decision was mine. <laughs> yeah, at the time you're like, no, no, no. It's because I, I at the time it's like, no, this is my decision. Looking back on it, you're like, well, maybe they were the whole time just behind right. the scenes pulling all the right, all Definitely. the right strings. Um, it's super funny how much of our lives. Uh, personally overlap because yeah. we're the same age. Yeah. Uh, I'm graduated the class of 96. Yeah. And when it came down to it, like I was between going to USC and UC Santa Barbara, like those were the two wow. schools that I was thinking about. And I often think about this alternate parallel universe where I went to UC Santa Barbara. Um, uh-huh. And cause you were there with, with friends of mine, not, not that you ever knew that, which might be interesting. Yeah. Maybe at a different day, we'll start listening up people that were there. Um, but when you, when you think of your time in college, how, how do you define it? Like, what was it things that you did? Was it groups of people that you hung out with? Where did you find success? What would you do if you were to do it all over again? There are often questions I ask about to to people at this age and because you work with college students on a a daily basis. Right. Hey, y'all sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon that is an awesome question and it's one that i actually think about a lot um college and it's probably why i i work in higher education it was the best years of my life um hmm. and i think the reason it was that for me was um it was where i grew up um, where I was able to explore who I was mm-hmm. um, and grow. 
and evolved. And I think, you know, now doing the work that we do and working with college age students, I'm able to see it um, as well from an outside perspective. But, you know, those four years are so transformative. Um, who a student is as, as a freshman and who they are when they leave a university are two totally different people. Even within that first year, the amount of growth and evolution that happens in that first freshman year is exponential, um, you know, yeah. and I'll say this for our parents, the the students that you leave when you move them in on move-in day are not the students you're going to get back during the summer when they not come back. Not at all. They become completely different person in the best ways possible, um, you know, and, and that learning for me was, it was fun, it was exciting, it was new, it was progressive. Um, I was able to really explore what you know what i was interested in through student organizations through friends through um, majors now i'm someone that changed my major quite a bit when i was in undergrad um, oh really what was this, what was that so i actually you probably didn't know this about me no. either, but it's really ironic i started um out as a computer uh science what? major what yeah what yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah computer science i wanted to design video games no kidding. Um, that was that was who I was. That was what I wanted to do. And at the time, even though it doesn't, it was a long time ago, but it doesn't seem that long ago. Sure, yeah. Um, that was not a really big industry that people no. went into. And so not at all. um, and that's one of the reasons why I really, when I'm talking to parents and I'm talking to students, I really brag about USC and our offerings, especially within Viterbi, because um, you know, and the amount of academic advisement that our students get, because I got some really bad academic advisement uh, mm. during that time. And my academic advisor told me, you know, people don't really go and decide they want to design video games. They just kind of stumble into it. So, you know, that might not be the course or the road that you want to pick. Um, and so it was, it was discouraging. And so now yeah. being working in this environment and and knowing our academic advisors and hearing what is told to our students, I'm just, I'm, I'm always floored at just the the quality of advisement that our advisors give our students and, and really encouraging them, you know, whatever it is that the student wants to do to really pursue and not only encouraging it, but helping build those pathways to it. So, you know, I'm like, man, if I was a student at USC, I would have stayed with computer science. I would have been a video game designer. Yeah. So, uh, but wow. that's how I started off. And I started I with computer science, around. wanted to go to games. And then yeah, yeah. where did it go? Uh, so from there, I, you know, I was just trying to figure things out. I ended up going into, I think the next one I jumped into, I made a complete kind of 180 and went into, this is going to make you laugh, pharmacology of all. Really? Majors. Yes. Um, and so, and that, that was because I had a, a an older mentor that was at UC Santa Barbara that was a pharmacology major and, you know, just talking with her and she was, you know, kind of telling me about her labs and what she, you know, was uh -huh. doing. It just sounded really interesting. So I've always kind of been science geared or, or focused. Um, and then, you know, I took some of those courses and didn't like it at all. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, it might not be for me. Um, and I ended up kind of landing on a dual degree which was um, sociology and law, pre-law. So I started to look yeah. at law schools and, um, but I really loved more of the sociology classes that I was taking more than I did the pre-law stuff. Um, but I found that it was a lot of cool intersections there. And what really what I found, and this is why I think, you know, college and exploring is so pivotal and important is that I found that through sociology, I really loved people 
um, yeah. and why people do what they do. Yeah. Um, and what factors contribute to that and what, you know, what plays into it, nature versus nurture and, mm. you know, and outside factors and how do people become who they become? And so that was kind of the foundation of what, what I loved about sociology and what eventually led me into higher education. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, what, what's funny is that we have very similar pathways. Uh, and I'm now I'm curious, like whether, cause we always talk about this from an admissions staff point of like, how does people, how do people, I get asked this all the time. How did you end up in admission? I'm like, no one knows. Like yeah. n- no one ever knows how you end up in admission, but it's funny yeah. is that we have like very similar pathways where it's like, mm-hmm. we started on, I thought I would do this. Uh-huh. Turns out, no, I got influenced by my sphere of, you know, peers and, and people I'm around to start looking into this. Turns out that was not any good for me, but then that landed me over here. And it's like, I never want people to think it's like we're, we're just yeah. kind of going where the wind blows us, but it was like there is a path and yeah. there is a, a layer of growth and there's a layer yeah. of, you know, all those unknowns that you kind of wade mm-hmm. through in college, which I think is yeah. foreign to a lot of our listeners because I think they're supposed to know like, no, you just know what you do when you come in. But engineers have that same, yeah. you know, relative parallel pathway. Sometimes yeah. it's between different engineering majors. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's where they want to go afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the lesson here that we've, we, I know you talk to students about all the time, is just the idea of like, yeah, you just got to get through this, like mm-hmm. go through Cause you, you mentioned these le- colleges where all this growth happens, but like mm-hmm. real talk, it's like, this is where you mess up. It's like yeah. gr- growth is, is designed because you really mess up and you yeah. like find out like, well, that was wrong and yeah. that was wrong. And there's <laughs> lots of pains in growing up and yeah. We yeah. talk about how, oh my God, best four years of my life. I'll mm-hmm. tell students all the time. No one says that in their freshman year. No. Uh, it's just when it's over, like when you get through it, you're like, oh my God, look, look who I am now. I've, I've yeah. been, uh, you know, yeah. whether that's baptism by fire, emboldened, mm-hmm. the steel gets stronger from, the blade gets stronger mm-hmm. from the fire, all that other, all the metaphors yeah. in life, right? They just yeah. kind of go through the idea of like, yeah, college sucks. You get beat up yeah. and you come yeah. out on the other end, a different person. Yeah. Yeah, that that is it. That's it in a nutshell. And I think, you know, you hit on some really interesting points um, that helped me brag about about USC Viterbi. Um, that exploration, I think, um, mm. is so important within engineering. Um, and that's not something I, you know, I, I, I had at my institution or that I see at a lot of schools is that you don't have to have it figured out as an engineer when you first get in the door. No. You can move around and you can explore and you can explore engineering and figure out what speaks to you as a student. Right. So that that exploration, I think, is is so important. Um, but yeah, I you know, I, it is where you mess up. And, and I think it's looking back on it, hindsight 2020, it's where you mess up and you can can figure it out and you are supported to do so. And there are places, procedures, resources, people in place that are expecting you to mess yeah. up and stumble through a lot of it, but are there to get you back on track, yeah. um, to help it make sense, uh, and and to make sure that you're safe um, and that you you get mm-hmm. through it and you get to that that end of it. And once you you know, it is a delicate dance that you really can't appreciate until you're finished. And then you look back and you're like, wow, you know, I have so many alums that come back. Um, that have been out and have graduated and gone into to industry and they come back and they say, you know, I really appreciate the work that you do because mm-hmm. I didn't get it when I was in the middle of it. But now that I'm out of it, I see how you kept me yeah. here. You kept me safe, but you got me through it and you allowed me to do what I needed to do and explore. But I was able to do that in in the best way possible. And that's that's what, what college is and how we do and why we do the work we do. 
we're 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 stumbling into a, a wellness conversation, which I'm, I'm happy to have. But I, I think it's yeah. it's fascinating how one word you just used. I always want to clarify is keeping keeping students safe. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean you don't let them fall. I right. mean, like, and that that's an important element there. Like, I always use metaphors of college is a high yeah. wear act, but the cool part about it is this is where you have a net, and that's who yeah. we are. Um, yeah. and and you're supposed to fall a lot to do that. And a lot of I think our current generation is thinking they're never supposed to fall. Uh, yeah. And that's where a lot of the stress comes in in this generation yeah. of like, I'm not supposed to fall. I'm not supposed to mess up at all. Ah, yeah, yeah. That And that's, there's a, we see that a lot, a lot of self-imposed stress and, um, you know, and and really it creating a difficult pathway for themselves mm-hmm. forward because, you know, we, we expect for them to not have it all figured out. And I think there's a lot of students put the stress on themselves that they have to have it figured out when they get here. They have to know what they want to do when they finish. They have to know where yeah. they want to intern at. And I, I always tell students some of the most powerful and most valuable information is finding out things you don't want to do and finding right. out the things that don't work for you. Um, because those are, those are, those yeah. stumbles are where the, those pathways are really built and you really kind of figure out who you are through it. Um, but it does, it does kind of lead into, to wellness. And I think, you know, especially that first year students come in feeling like they have to perform at a certain level when that mm-hmm everyone is is watching them and they have to make yeah. everyone proud and happy and you know we do a, i think we do a good job at at Viterbi by dismantling that you know during that first year and letting them know that you know we're all in this together and everybody has those same insecurities and same fears and that they're valid you know it's okay yeah. to have them it's just not okay to live in them um and that you can you know you're, you're entitled to be human and, and, you know, make decisions for yourself and mess up at times um, yeah. and that we're going to be here to support you and get you through it. And, you know, and, and make sure that you you're okay in the end. And and sometimes it's, it is the tough love of letting a student sit in it a little bit and be right. uncomfortable um, and try to figure it out themselves. Cause a lot of times they know the answers, they know how to work through this. They just need yeah. somebody to help them talk through it. And that's, that's what we do. Totally. So the, we, uh, I, I took you on a completely different tangent, but we were talking about kind of your first jobs and, and, yeah, yeah. and the likelihood of, or, or the, the rationale or the rear view mirror thinking of like, well, that's probably why I got into working in higher education. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I think anyone listening right now, hears it, this idea of yeah. like, I like to work with these students cause I like helping. I like yeah. being part of their process and help them succeed. Yeah. Um, when you were about to leave UCSB, was it just that like you were seeing a a universe that you found yourself comfortable in that you wanted to just start doing stuff or because this is this is of course there's two versions of my story right yeah yeah there's a version of like this is where <laughs> i found my calling yada 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 there's one was like i was just lazy and i found a place i was comfortable <laughs> <laughs> yeah i it's very similar uh, you know yeah. you, once again being young, you know, yeah. finished college and, you know, had my first job at Santa Barbara. And one of the things that I, I did feel, you know, UCSB, if you, if for anybody that's listening, that's never been there, it sits right on the beach, very beautiful campus. Yeah. Um, it, it's amazing. It didn't feel like real life for me. It felt no. like where I needed to probably retire one day. Um, yeah. But I kind of wanted to just get out into the world. Um, mm. And so it was a bit of a leap of faith on my end. Like I didn't know what was next. I didn't know what was coming, but I knew I needed to jump. And then so I jumped. 
Mm. Um, and that jump led me right back to my parents' house. <laughs> so, you mm. know, I, I, I left Santa Barbara without without a job and not knowing what was going to be next. And I was going to figure it out. And I, I moved back home with my parents. And that was very humbling because, you know, once again, I was not the same person that left them. Um, yeah, so you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't really fit anymore. I didn't fit anymore. That yeah. is the best way to put it, you know. And so, um, but I had a plan. And so, you know, I knew that I knew the type of work that fulfilled me and that was working with people. And I knew that um, I loved higher education and USC, you know, growing up in LA, USC was always a school that I had dealings with, you know, I, I was in, you know, weekend programs at USC as a, as a, oh. you know, a high school student. And so it was someplace that I always kind of visited and spent time on the campus. And so, um, you know, I just kind of thought like, let me look at USC and just see what's, what's there. Um, and, I saw a position in the office of admission um, as an assistant director, um, you know, responsible for recruitment for, yeah. you know, all of the different programs at USC. And prior to, you know, to that, being a student at UC Santa, uh, Santa Barbara, uh, I did a lot of help with the office of admission. And so we we worked on a lot of diversity initiatives and recruitment. And so as a student leader, I helped out in recruiting students from high schools, um, you know, to UC Santa Barbara. So it was a skill that I thought, you know, I liked doing that. Yeah. You know, maybe I could lean into that a little bit heavier. And so uh, I applied and interviewed and got the job. It's so funny. You, you you said you were there for three years. In my head, you were there for longer. Uh, and like, and and this is yeah. my ignorance. I kind of think of like, oh yeah, no, Kevin's an admission person. I'm like, no, you only yeah. did admission for three years. Like you've done so much more work in Viterbi with diversity. Mm -hmm. You had your stint in, in in graduate admission, and now you're in your current position mm -hmm. here. Um, how how do you explain? This is hard. I don't mean I don't mean defend. That's a really weird yeah. question. How do you describe that arc? Because I I think it makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense, but I think to a lot of outside people, it it does not. Yeah. Um, and and I think the thread here, I don't want to put words in your mouth, is the fact that like you, you just like meeting students and working with yeah. them one on one. Like yeah. let's get you through whatever this process is you're going through. Yeah, that's that's a really good question too. Um, so when I worked in admission, um, I got a chance to meet some amazing students and parents and families. And so, it, you know, you you find that it is a collaborative effort and mm -hmm. you're, you're working with them throughout this entire process. And so, you know, traveling to different high schools in different regions and parts of the country um, and hearing why students want to come to USC and, and living and sitting in that passion with them was awesome. Um, it was one of those things where it was kind of bittersweet sweet for me as, as, a, as a human and as a person, because once that process was over and they got admitted and they're coming mm. and we celebrate, yeah. I'm already moving on to the next group of students and families yeah. and to get them in. And I, there was connections built there that I had to not necessarily let go, but now it's time to move and get the next class in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I personally wanted to work more closely with the students that were coming in and to have more time with them and to see that growth. I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to really see that growth that I loved over the four years because I was constantly focused on the next class. Yeah. And so that's what led me to, to leave admission and jump over into um, student affairs within the School of Engineering in Viterbi, because now in that role, I got a chance to really work with the students 
and spend spend the next four years with them and put programs together and be that first point of contact when there was a problem that came right. up, be it, you know, socially right. or in their classroom. Um, and and also be that person that they ran to when they had successes. So yeah. when they got that first internship, when they're getting ready to graduate and they have five full-time employment offers and their problem is trying to figure out which one they want to take. And we sit and talk <laughs> through that, like that was fun for me and it was exciting. And I loved to just be with them a little bit longer. So that's kind of what led me to this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, from there I ended up, you know, part of my, my responsibilities was also doing some graduate recruitment. So building pipelines to the masters and the PhD programs in Viterbi. Um, and so, you know, that I think my role really kind of set in a good place where, you know, we were able, I was able to have conversations with our current USC students about what happens after the four years. Have you thought about masters? Have you thought mm. about PhD? Do you like research? Well, let's let's get you in a lab. Let's get you some hands-on research experience. Yeah. Do you not know what research is? Well, let's get you in a lab and see right, if right. you like it, you right. know, um, and explore. Once again, if we go back to that explore. And so mm-hmm. being kind of a conductor of exploration was part of the reason why I made that jump. That's awesome. And your your current role, yeah, you are the senior director of diversity, equity, inclusion here at the Viterbi School. And so uh, it's probably a longer preamble than necessary, but I think there's there's a lot to talk about here related to the concepts of diversity, equity, inclusion, and how it's kind of, I don't know, in, in many ways, in my opinion, is kind of like glossed over in a lot of yeah. weird ways. And, and in other conversations that we've had, that those names and those titles mean different things in different places. And diversity, equity, inclusion related to things that happen at the university, things that happen at the engineering school, there's lots of layers, whether that's faculty, whether that's staff, whether that's students. And so, um, you know, can, can you, let, let's start with the concept. Yeah. Uh, because I think that maybe a lot of people don't understand yeah. how important diversity, equity, inclusion is in a university space, how that mm-hmm. can reflect and then move forward into a professional space, mm-hmm. how it's often um, misunderstood or purposefully mm-hmm turned on its head uh, for for other whatever purposes that person might be using yeah. and how oddly enough uh, some people see diversity equity and inclusion and think that does not apply to me uh-huh. uh, I, I just yeah. I just open-ended unloaded a lot <laughs> of, at you but I mean I want no, I want to kind of hit those notes and I don't know yeah. where to go with it and I don't want to lose track of it but those are kind of like opening thoughts when we talk about the concepts of diversity equity yeah. and inclusion. Yeah. I great question. Um and I think one of the things about diversity, equity and inclusion and DEI initiatives, it it makes people uncomfortable not because they don't agree with it, but because they don't understand it. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you asked that. Um and it really You just is... said you just said what I said by the way in like 10 words and I did it in like 85. So no, I should no, no. just I should just let you go. <laughs> no, no, this is great. This is great. I, I think we need to, you know, it gives us opportunity to drill down, but I think that um, at the base of it, all it is, is is creating space for people to be seen um, and all people to be Mm -hmm. seen. And so and especially as we go back to the theme of this conversation, which has been, you know, exploring and, you know, the college being the, the four years where you can figure out who you are. I think more in, you know, DEI exists in a lot of different places and in the industry and in all these different, but in higher education, it is so important during those four years because this is the time where students are exploring who they are. They're, they're, they're connecting more with their identity during these four years than any other time in their life and creating 
um, space for all students to be able to do that is so important. Um, and so, you know, when we look at, at diversity, it really includes everything. Um, and I think oftentimes people think it only includes ethnic diversity. And that's just one facet of, of DEI work. Um, you know, we also have uh, gender diversity. And, you know, when we look at a lot of our um, our, our metrics, you know, that's something that we at Inventory put a lot of effort into to make sure that we're focused on. Um, but there's gender, there's neurodiversity, um, mm -hmm. there is, um, you know, just it, 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 enco it encompasses everything that we are as human beings. And this is kind of the sociologist in me that is coming out. Um, and it really is about making sure that people are seen. And so when you have, you know, different ethnicities, making sure that they're seen and that they're acknowledged and that, you know, that that they they hold space and value and that we pour into them and that there's capacity put into them being here and being successful for all students yeah. um, and all genders and and even, you know, and, and pronouns and making sure that we hold space for that. And so that people are able to to, to explore who they are right. in a safe way and be seen and honored um, and encouraged to do so. And, that, and that's really what we do um, on the diversity side within higher education, specifically within Viterbi. It's, it's creating those spaces and places for students to be seen, acknowledged, valued, um, and then encouraged to, to, to uh, you know, to persist and to excel in engineering. Because ultimately, that's what we want to do. We want them to continue to graduate and to go off and to be um, you know, awesome engineers. How do you, without going through a laundry list of, of all the work that you do, cause you do a yeah. lot, but how, how do you do that? You know, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great strategic definition, yeah. uh, theory, not theoretical definition cause it's real, but this idea of like, okay, yes, that's, that's the goal. That's what we want to do. This is what we're working to accomplish. And in a way there's a way in which you never really hit that goal because yeah. it, it, this is a lot of this is tied up into an individual's identity. And yeah. oftentimes people making space for someone else that doesn't share that identity. So we're never going to have that feeling unless we're constantly working toward it. And I think that's yeah. an important element of this work. Um, but what are the things yeah. that you do in your role mm -hmm. um, that, that help students be seen and recognize yeah. that they are a part of this and that they have their place and that they can be successful and yeah. we're going to do whatever we can to help. Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. Yeah. Um, so in the role that I'm in now, it really is about building bridges. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, within Viterbi, we have a ton of resources that are, are geared towards um, all of our students, but have a DEI focused. Um, and so we have, you know, uh, the Center for Engineering Diversity, which is a great place that houses um, several of our student organization, which I'll talk a little bit about in a second. 
but is a place that puts on uh, programs and is accessible for students 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's full-time staff that work in the center um, to provide resources to the students and are usually kind of the, the front line when there's problems, when there's issues, when there's things that that people, that, that students want to talk through and need guidance on. They may go to the Center for Engineering Diversity um, because they've they've studied in there on the weekends. They've had student group meetings in there in the evenings. And so it's a home base for them in a lot of ways. And then the, the professional staff that work there are able to really kind of help them. But in my role, it's really about taking a larger bird's eye view of where all of these diversity um, support systems exist throughout the School of Engineering and kind of consolidating them and making sure that students know where they are, um, know how to access them, but also seeing where the gaps are. Right. Um, and seeing where we can be advocates for students on different fronts, whether it's through advisement or in the classroom with our faculty um, or through our support services, through engagement or through our career connections office. And so, you know, in the Center for Engineering Diversity, there's four student organizations that are housed there, um, the National Society of Black Engineers or NSBE, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers or SHIP, as it's called. Uh, we have the our Quest group, which is Queers and Engineer Science and technology um, that is housed there, as well as SWE, which is the Society of Women Engineers. So those are the four organizations that are kind of housed within the Center for Engineering Diversity that work really closely with the staff there, uh, do different programs, and really build community there. Um, all students are welcome to the center, to these organizations. They all do membership drives to encourage student memberships. Um, and it's one of the things that I really kind of like about that is it, it gives, one, it gives a space for students to be seen, valued, encouraged, and poured into. But it also encourages all students to come in and connect with student organizations that they may not know exist. Right. And so it's really kind of, awesome to see um, how diverse the student populations within these student organizations actually is and how students find community in different pockets. And that, once again, goes back to the exploration. Because all of this is open to everyone, students explore these organizations. They go to conferences where they're able to see it on a larger um, scale, and they're able to find wherever their community is and and really connect with students that are either in the same major, um, have gone and got an internship at the same company. There's always there's all these connections and CED or the center actually is kind of that focal point that helps build those bridges and connections um, to the students that are having these different diverse experiences. I want to point out for people listening and <clears throat> just to give credit where credit's due, a, a lot of a lot of students talk about they found success in their life or whatever. Uh, they did this, they did that because of the student organizations that exist. And that's definitely true. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to highlight how much people like Kevin are not necessarily behind the scenes, but literally right there holding up the student organization to get those things done. Um, student, oftentimes I'm listening to some of our students and recent alumni talk about how Oh, they would not be anywhere without Nesby and all the work that Nesby did. I wouldn't be anywhere. I wouldn't have gotten that internship unless I was part of SWE. And while there's 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 nothing wrong with any of those statements, it, it, it often overlooks how much work goes in from our professional staff who are not only supporting, sometimes fixing, sometimes rebuilding, sometimes making sure the continuity of these student organizations exist, 
as they move forward. And these four student organizations have such a history of fantastic leadership, such a history of huge involvement at the school. A lot of students talk about like, oh yeah, no, that, that works there, that works there, that works there. These orgs, in addition to a number of others, are a big part of this campus and the community that gets built there and the work that Kevin and Tracy and Christina and others, not to mention numerous grad students, numerous people on the student engagement side, are working to not only support them and do all this stuff. This is a huge difference at USC. And you and I can talk about this, but no one else really knows this. Like the, the amount of stuff that happens as part of this collective stew of staff supporting student leadership, student leadership, carrying through staff ideas. It's, it's a really fascinating mix at the school here. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up great point. Um, and then the intersections that happen as well, because, yeah. you know, you have SWE members that are also a part of Nesby and also a part of SHIP and SHIP members mm -hmm. that are part of Nesby and part of Quest and part of SWE. And so those, those organizations, while they are their own entity, they all intersect and, the members, some members are a part of all four um, and others as well. You have the yeah. design teams that they're a part of and you have other organizations that exist within the school. And so it really does create a really cool, diverse um, landscape and tapestry where students are able to, to find connections outside of the the physical so yeah. it's not just about seeing someone that looks like you as sometimes it is that is one point of it but also we're in the same major and then this student over yeah. here you know we're in the same design team and so it's really creating a platform for them to find those intersections and those connections and really build out their community and their social capital ultimately yeah. that's what it's about and teaching them how to build social capital um and and leveraging that throughout their time in Viterbi and then once they're alums and they move on as well. Exactly. I mean, you, 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 you brought up this idea of representation. I've seen somebody that looks like me. Um, and that's a commonly referred to, uh, anecdotal metric that prospective students are using when they're looking at colleges and universities, you know, like, do I have people like me that are there? Um, yeah. however they want to identify that. And yeah. you, you brought up multiple ways in which diversity can be defined. And critics uh people skeptical people will often yeah. say like you know well representation is not that's just is like some sort of showmanship related to or yeah. a performative element of diversity yeah. equity inclusion offices but what was really fascinating is people need to rewind and hear what you just said is that it starts with seeing someone who looks like you because then the connections that happen then the opportunity for reinforcement then the opportunities for peer relationships and peer growth and going back to where we started this conversation on growth and growing pains it's it sucks for everybody everybody has a hard yeah. time it's when you got a a village when yep. you got the people with you and oftentimes there are specific communities sometimes specific unique identities yeah. that never really feel like they have that village because yeah. of some sort of definition of their identity before they mm -hmm. come onto campus which is why roles and and initiatives and offices and things related to diversity, equity, and inclusion are incredibly important. This is not performative politics. This yeah. is about helping students succeed because yeah. so many students come to college, so many students come to our campus from yeah. so many different backgrounds. You can never assume a common playing field. You can never assume a common, like anything at this point. Right. Yeah. That is, that's spot on. You, you can't. And that's, and I think that's what, um, that is so unique about and, and really awesome about the work that we do is really providing 
that landscape for them to kind of figure that out, but also providing support and programs that allow and facilitate that yeah. that exploration um, through through offices like the Center for Engineering Diversity. Um, which everybody are, has a diversity brochure. Yeah, I don't think anybody has what we do. Uh, I, agree. I think a lot of people. I think there's a lot of great. I don't want to get. I don't want to get it wrong. There's a lot of people who do a lot of great things, and you yeah. all, like you said, we're having other discussions, which we may want to touch on. Mm-hmm. Related to you go to conferences, you're meeting with other professionals in the yeah. space across other yeah. universities, everybody's sharing ideas for best practices and learning how to do this. But we have a really unique culture at the mm-hmm. school. I mean, yeah. not to talk about exactly what we we're talking about that other meeting, but there's no other school I would have known. Yeah. I can think of out of my head yeah. that has admission guy meeting with DEI guy, meeting with yeah. head of student affairs person, meeting with academic advisors and student engagement and grad admission. Like that meeting doesn't exist anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That I know of. I, and same, I can't, I don't see what we do it in Viterbi, um, many places, um, with the attention that we give it and, and, um, and, and the intent, you know, yeah. like they, that you, you meant, you made a good point that, you know, we're there kind of right at the front line. So, you know, oftentimes in my role, um, you know, students will just want to come and meet with me and, yeah let's set it up. So we have meetings where we talk about their, their process, um, and through all, all, you know, levels of, of their experience. So freshmen, sophomore, juniors, masters, PhD students, you know, we meet with them all just to one, check in, how's things going? How, what's, what's happening? Um, and where can we be of assistance? But, and sometimes those conversations don't have a purpose where it's just really, I'm just here to, you know, to be seen and to, you know, I want to talk about my experience and what, yeah. what I'm going through. And it's it's not really trying to connect them anywhere as it is just allowing and holding space for students, which is so important, so important um, as they're exploring who they are and what matters to them and where they want to go. And of course, in the work that we do, we we, we like to drill down and get in there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I have the opportunity to say, okay, well, what's next? Let's start thinking about when you're done in Viterbi, where do you want to go? Right. What what type of company do you want to work for? What type of engineer do you want to be? What matters to you? Why engineering? Um, so let's explore that and let's connect that here. Oh, let me connect you with Career Connections because they have some events coming up with right. the with the companies that you're interested in working in. And mm-hmm. so now I'm sending an email in that moment to Career Connections and now they're setting up a meeting with this one student. Um and that's in like you said those those connections and those intersections and just the ability to to expand who you are and it may have started with you know I'm I'm looking for people that look like me and it grows into so much more after that. Depending on how you want to answer this question, uh, relative to the profession or the important elements of DEI in general, or your job specifically, you've been in now for a little over a year now, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. What what has been or what is the biggest challenge? Um, What's the hardest thing right now that you're grappling with, and or what has been incredibly hard? We're like, oh god, this one thing. And again, conceptually or you know, micro to to you. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest chat, well, one of my biggest challenges, there's tons of challenges. Uh, I, I, I'll highlight two. One is um, really pulling together all of the DEI efforts that happen within the School of Engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as most know, we're, we're a large school and we're made up of, you know, eight different academic units and different majors that students can- We have a big footprint. Can, 
we have a huge footprint. And so students find identity there too. So, you know, if you have a, a mechanical engineering student, you know, they may find their identity, they're connecting in the mechanical engineering department, you know, and with their advisor and with the student groups there. And, and that's great. And that's what we want. And there, there may be DEI efforts that are happening there. So they're all kind of happening within the school. And so it's really pulling, one of the challenges is pulling all that together. Um, and the reason to pull it all together is so that students know what all of their resources are. So, and they, and that they know them early. So it's not, oh, I've spent a year here and I'm finding out about this and this and this, that is pulling it all together. So once they start as freshmen, they know what all their resources are. They know how to connect. They know where to connect. Yeah. Um, and they know where to go. So that's been, a, been one of my challenges. And one of the, one of the things that we've done a really good job in over this past year is, is pulling it all together, making it make sense, seeing where there's overlap um, and alignment. And instead of reinventing the wheel, um, connecting those dots and, mm. and making it one big DEI, you know, effort. Um, I think the other thing that is, you know, a little bit challenging is, you know, some of the things that are happening nationally with the the Supreme Court ruling, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that we're we're taking a look at and seeing that how we're going to navigate it and how we're still going to support students. You know, I've had conversations with students that are, are concerned about it, not for really? themselves, but for students coming behind them. Um, oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, are they concerned about their current life in college? No, not, no, not. They're it's, just... it's, about those coming behind them and, oh, you know, and how that's going to affect um, students in the college admission process and, and how we'll look at that. And so, you know, it's a lot about reassuring students that, you know, we we know how to do this work and, and that, um, you know, and I think especially USC and, and being in California, you know, we've California went through Prop 209, you know, back in 96, which is very similar to, you know, the Supreme Court ruling, uh, but for uh, the UC system and public institutions. And right. so there's a lot of ways that, um, you know, we, we're still able to support students and still able to um, connect students to the opportunities within Viterbi um, in spite of some of the legal things that are happening nationally. Yeah, it's a, I mean, we've had multiple conversations about it, but it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, 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 it's going to be an ongoing challenge for quite some time. And I think mm -hmm. the only thing I want people to know is, um, diversity similar to the whole point of this conversation but um diversity in general uh, yeah. and the ideas of creating a diverse student body are, are one of our largest priorities in the Viterbi school and we're, we're following suit with the university's importance and priority related to yeah. diversity but want to make sure that everybody understands that we will never break the law and our right. systems are built into place where that we will never be doing that in the admission standpoint and i also want to be clear that no one has ever been admitted to usc based right. on any type of race or ethnic background. Um, but it's important to understand everybody's back, just this whole conversation you can understand. Everybody comes from yeah. different backgrounds and that's important. But I always want to tell people that may yeah. be skeptical of this type of messaging uh, that diversity is not important for the sake of diversity, but from an engineering perspective, it's that the yeah. problems that we face as a society uh, are for the entire world or for humanity and humanity is diverse and the problems facing humanity are complex and multifaceted and the worst thing that yeah. we can do as administrators is to create a student body that has some sort of homogeneous background or homogeneous set of thoughts because yeah. those teams are not going to create the best possible solutions it's by bringing these types of people together different types of people and all the different versions of who they are and where they come from to create yeah. really interesting unique solutions that's yeah. going to be uh, the the teams that are greater than the sum of their parts uh, yeah. is, is what's most important, and that's and we're trying to reflect 
you know, humanity. Yeah. Uh, if we don't, we're not be creating a good engineering program. So yeah. I think that's what's important that everybody should understand if they get this far into the to the episode. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true, and I, I totally agree with you. And um, and that's why I said I think you know we've at USC we've definitely been ahead of this for a long time, um, and you know, and and really committed to this work. Um, and I, I think one of the one quote that I, I kind of keep at the forefront of my mind at all times um, was spoken by the late Dr. John Brooks Slaughter, who the mm. Center for Engineering Diversity is was recently named after. And John, you know, for anybody listening, if you ever got, you know, if you have some free time, um, definitely do a quick search for John Brooks Slaughter. Yes, he is. He was living history. And we were were, were you know, honored to have him as a dual appointed faculty within the School of Engineering, as well as the USC um, School of Education, Rossier School of Education. Uh, and so he was instrumental in, you know, in really helping, you know, push forward a lot of our diversity initiatives and um, our strategies as well. But he's, he's, he was literally living history and we mm -hmm. just lost him last week. Um, and yeah. so a great loss to that, but he had a quote that he said that I will never forget as long as I live. Um, and it's something that, that I approach this work by and it's diversity occurs at the intersection of excellence and equity. And so, and, and that's something that, you know, just rings true to the work that we do. It's really about, you know, providing equity for the students that are already showing up in excellence. Um, and they're qualified and they're, you know, these our students are doing amazing things. And so it's really about providing opportunities for the students that, you know, that are here within Viterbi and, and connecting them, not all, not just providing the opportunity, but connecting them to the opportunities that already exist um, and, and educating them on what is out there. And so one of just case in point, one of the things I brought up um, was about research. Oftentimes when I'm talking to a student, especially a younger student, a freshman, um, sometimes they, you know, they, they've heard research, but they don't really know what that entails or what's going to be asked of them. And so it's really about educating them. Okay, well, we have, these are the labs that we have within Viterbi, and this is what students are doing in those labs at the undergraduate level. Um, this is how they're applying that to the work that they're learning in their classroom. This is how they're going to apply that to a possible graduate degree. Um, you know, this is where they're adding it to their resume and really creating and educating our, our student popul uh, populations about the opportunities that exist here. They already they already are bringing the excellence. Um, they were admitted on their merit. And so it's it's really showing and building those pipelines to the opportunities that, that exist. And that's that's where diversity occurs. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing up uh, John Slaughter. I, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's really fun. I, I had nowhere near the amount of uh, uh, opportunities to engage with him as you did, but I still yeah. uh, knew him and, and we engaged yeah. on a number, maybe once or twice a year on something. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite basic like anecdote about John Slaughter is he never says no. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, without getting too much into it, that's a rarity with faculty yeah. uh and the like yeah. he's always down yep hey hey can we get your help i'm curious if you might want to look over something curious if you might want to do something curious if you might want to show up to something have you do this yeah. this this it was like absolutely wherever you need me and it was yeah. uh, his life of service yeah was something in addition to as you said living history the, the I, i'm minimizing by just saying his life of service because the amount of if when someone googles him and looks at his accomplishments and what he's yeah. done and where he's been 
an amazing person to not only have affiliated with the university, but it's such an amazing experience to just known him. Uh, really, really sad that he passed. Yeah. Yeah. I, you hit it right on the nail. Um, you know, he used to, uh, often this, he's just student centered. He was a student centered, you know, and he didn't person. have to be at the, he where he was at any point in yeah. his career. His, he yeah. was always an elevated person, incredibly yes. like, executive, if that makes any sense, yeah. but never had that. Feel. Sorry to interrupt you, but like yeah. he didn't need to be. No. Yeah, he didn't. And and I think that's why people didn't often know how accomplished he actually was because he was so good point. down to earth. And like he would often come into the center just to eat his lunch. And, you know, we would see him and we're like, oh, you know, do you want to come and talk? He's like, no, I'm not here to see you guys. I'm just hanging out with the students. That's I just awesome. want to eat my lunch and watch them study. And, and you know, if they have questions about anything, I mean, he's, he had questions for them, like, you know, about right. how their classes were going. And he was genuinely interested in right. how their classes were going and if there was anything that they needed um, and where, like you said, where he could be of service to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would often sit and I would watch and I'm like, wow, these students don't even know who they have in front of him because this mm-hmm. man is phenomenal and so accomplished and is truly living history. And he's just, you know, salt of the earth. He's just there, you know, in the grass with them and and really cared about their success and the experience they were having while they were achieving that success. So, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's really what why I do the work that I do, you know, I want to continue his legacy, um, you know, on and making sure that we're, we're still, you know, upholding the things that, that he fought so hard for. And, you know, and he really does have a way of putting, you know, making sense of, of what diversity and what this landscape actually is and what it looks like. The perfect segue to my, my next question. I asked you about challenges. What's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, what are you excited about? What's good right now? What, where, where, where are you optimistic about where we are? in this, in this place? Um, you know, each year, and and I know you can agree with this, you know, cause I, I've heard you say this every year, but each year, you know, the students that we bring in to Viterbi are, are even better than the previous, um, mm-hmm. academically, uh, just the stuff that's on their resume. Uh, and, and that for me is always, mind blowing when i mm-hmm. when i sit down and talk to some of these freshman students usually within the first couple of weeks of them being um in Viterbi, i'm mind blown by who these students are um mm-hmm. what they've either accomplished prior to getting here or what they plan to accomplish mm-hmm. uh their sense of of self mind blowing like they they know who they are they know what they want but they're you know and that's where we kind of come in and and allow them grace to pivot if things change. And that's usually when I say, okay, we got it. You know, I know that's who you, yeah. what you want to do and we're going to help you get there. But if it changes, we're here to help you make that change. Um, but, you know, that's one area that I'm so optimistic in. I'm, I'm always um, humbled by the, the amount of excellence that our students bring to the table. And it, it, it makes us show up even more because, um, you know, these students are, are, they're on fire. They get in the class and they, you know, they're doing amazing things in the classroom. They're doing amazing things outside of the classroom. And it's, you know, a lot of them hit the ground running, um, which is, it just, you know, it, it, it motivates me to, to, to want to do the work that I do even more because I see the work that they're putting in and I see how, how, um, you know, 
how they're just ready. They're ready to to go. And so uh, many of them will join, you know, different student organizations. You know, I'm I'm always shocked at how many freshman students come into my office and say, you know, I want to I want to get connected with research or I, I want to do an internship. And I'm like, wow, you know, you haven't even had a midterm yet, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, let's that's One great foot in front of the other let's not put the cart in front right. of the horse exactly that but they're ready and they're ready and they're you know they don't have to be convinced about it they know that they wanted to have these experiences and so sometimes it's about sitting down and and looking at okay this is where we are you know in your college career yeah. let's figure out where we're going to add that research experience where let's figure out where we're going to add that internship and plotting those courses with those students is is just it's it's phenomenal. And then, you know, I, I think seeing the amount of work that on the administrative side that we put into the student experience is is a point that I think is is worth celebrating. Uh, you know, we never um, press repeat, I will say every year yeah. it's about sitting down as a school, as a division and figuring out, OK, who are the students coming in now? Not what we did last year, right? Because last year worked for last year. Right, right, right. Who's going to be coming in now? Everything's and different. what do they need? And how can we adjust for that? And so that level of evolution and adjustment and pivoting and, you know, and really kind of catering to who we're servicing, it keeps it new. It keeps it so, new. So you're, you're triggering something, you're triggering something that I might just maybe we'll have a longer conversation at some point, but now I'm curious and who knows if everybody wants to listen to it. Um, how would this generation, and I say this generation, knowing full well, I sound like an old man saying, get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> but with our current, you know, incoming class of recent years and the next couple of years, yeah. there is a, I, I, I re- resonate so much what you said about like their sense of agency mm-hmm. and their, I'm going to do everything, you know, mentality when they get here, yeah. we know they won't, we can't tell them that. Where, where, where do we, I mean, maybe this is just the, 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 the hard part of the job that you and and others do. How do we figure out how to encourage without continuing to say, yes, nothing's wrong with you, right? Like, you know, you can do whatever you want when, you know, we need to talk about like brass tacks. We need to talk about getting, doing well in calculus before we're doing all this other stuff. Um, how, how do we dance that dance? Yeah. Uh, and I, I know there's not a right answer for this, I don't, it's, but it's yeah. funny cause I, I see from a recruitment standpoint of yeah. like, it's why I, I give such long answers. I'm like, yeah. can I do X? All right, yeah. son, sit down. Let me tell you why can and should and yeah. will you are kind of completely different answers. And yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. That's a conversation that I, I personally have a lot with students that come in and they, they want to do it all. It's a, it's a everything bagel. Um, mm-hmm. and I usually will tell them, um, yes we can do it all. Let's, let's figure out how to do it all. But the reason, the only reason that you're here is to be a successful student and to get your engineering degree. And we don't ever want to compromise that because of all the things that you want to do. So let's start there. Um, and, and it depends on when, when I'm having, who I'm having this conversation with, if it's a junior or a sophomore or a senior or a freshman, but you know, it's really about, I often will bring it back to the academics because, you know, one of the things that I love about USC and Viterbi specifically is the many offerings that we give our students. Like student, there's so much, it's, there's more than what a student can actually do. They can't do it all in the four years that they're going to be here. 
Um, and that's intentional. That's by design. There's just because our students are diverse and their their interests are diverse. So we have to meet that need. Um, but the reason you're here is to be a successful student and to graduate. And so that is always going to be the priority. And so, you know, when students are like, yeah, I want to be an ambassador and I want to sit on panels and I want to do this and I want to do that. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's talk about how are your classes going so far? Let's bring it back to an academic standpoint. Okay. What classes are you currently in? How many units are you taking? Um, okay, what classes are you feeling really strong in? Which ones are a little bit more of a concern? Okay, well, let's look at, let's explore that. Why is this one a concern? Okay, well, these are the right. resources that are available to you within Viterbi. Let's make sure that we're we're covering that base so that the, your class classes are covered, your concerns are covered. And if there is a problem, that we're able to connect with that as well. If there's tutoring that you may need, or if there's peer tutoring or mentoring, whatever it may be, let's get you connected there academically first before we do everything. Um, and, you know, one of the, <laughs> you've seen this as well, I'm sure, is that, you know, balance always tends to occur when, you know, students are, once classes start to pick up and they realize, okay, I have to pull back a little bit, you mm. know, and I have to really focus on class. And, and, you know, in our roles, we have to constantly remind them that's that's why you're here. So, yeah, yeah you it, you may want to do all those things and we we can get to them, but let's make sure we're solid here first before we start to engage everywhere. Um, and so, it, you know, it, it takes a little time, but I think students start to balance it out within that year, first year, year and a half where they see, OK, classes are demanding. Yeah. Um, which is why I think the space of the Center for Engineering Diversity is so important, because you mentioned earlier you got to find your tribe because yeah. engineering is one of those things where you cannot do it alone. Right. And you, you're you going to need the support of your peers. You're going to need the support of, of us as administrators. You're going to need the support of your faculty. We, we're all in this together for your success as a student. And so it really is about, you know, having that place where you can find your tribe and then also having people that pour into you about why you're here and remind you when we see that you're veering off a little bit and you got too much on your plate, like you might want to pull back and refocus um, ongoing how do, conversations. <laughs> how, how do we, it's often that the ones that are in constant communication and asking for help are the ones that rarely need it. And the ones that don't think they need help are the ones that really need a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the A students are like, oh my God, I need to slow down. Yeah. I might not get an A plus in this class. We're like, yeah, oh my God, get over it. And then the right. other ones were like, I'm cool. I'm like, are you? Because I saw yeah. your grades. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely see that quite often. And I think that's some of the anxiety that different students bring in, like where they, you know, some of the ones that are doing really well are they put that anxiety in themselves to continue to do really well. So they're always afraid that their grades are going to slip. And then and imposter so, syndrome hits and them super hard. Syndrome, yep. And but it so doesn't hit the other the ones. ones. The confident yeah. ones are like, well, we really need to have a talk about your confidence. <laughs> like, let's, let's pull back. And yeah, so those are, and those are conversations that, you know, we have on both ends, you know, where we have the student that is doing well and there's no reason for them to be stressed out what they are. And then the students yeah. that maybe should be a little stressed out and pull back aren't. Um, but I think that's one of the beauties of places like the center because it's it's so informal, um, you know. So creating yes, that, like that tribal cohort, like exactly. these conversations are happening around you and, and yep. you're involved, but I'm not telling you. Yeah. So maybe you go home and meditate on that in exactly. your own private time. And you're like, oh, I heard them say this. I probably should be doing I probably that. probably should do it. Yeah. And a lot of it too. That's a good point. Strangely enough, through 
And maybe not strangely enough, um, a lot of it is peer. So, you know, mm-hmm. they have a peer mentoring program in the center because, you know, at, we feel like we're hip. But at the same time, we to <laughs> them, we are the old guys, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's there may be we, we got we got our riz. Right. We, right. Good right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure sure I use that correctly. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And there's some there's some intimidation there. And so, you know, the first kind of I guess the first line will be our peer mentors and they're Mm -hmm. the ones that are they're still students. And so they're living the experience of our younger students. And so they're all in it together. And so a lot of it is training those peer mentors to be able to recognize that. And sometimes that's where that's the first place we'll hear about it, where a student, they may not tell us that things aren't going well, but they will tell tell their peer mentor because it feels safer to talk to another student about, you know, some challenges they may be having. And then we can kind of help facilitate you know, some, some avenues of success through, through the mentors and then bringing them into conversations with us. Um, and, you know, it only takes one time to get them in the office and see that, you know, we're still co-creators in this. So this isn't the type of, of environment where we're telling you, you have to do this and this is what you're going to do. It's, this is what you should do. This is how we should navigate this but we are co-creators. Like you have a part, I have a part, we're going to put this together and we're going to get to the end, but this is an experience that we're co-creating together. I don't know if you realize it, but what seemed probably at the beginning of this conversation to our listeners is a completely pointless conversation about where you went to college and how you got to where you are. I don't know if you remember, we talked about tripping, falling, wrong mistakes, peer influence, finding part of the whole, like basically we've now gone completely full circle to the point of recognizing that it's not so much luck. It's that there are some really interesting and focus-driven people creating systems by which accountability and support networks are part of the student community here. And it, it's, it's we, we talk about things that happened to us. We thought just happened to us. Turns out, no, we were just supported in the right place at the right time. There it is. So we there went full is. circle. Full circle moment. Okay. Uh, I've got uh, a final thing I want to want to yeah. do with you. Um, I've been doing this with a few of the people that come on. It's our lightning round set of questions. Okay. Are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. Let's okay. go. Okay. Here we go. Ding, ding. Texting or talking? Texting. Favorite day of the week? Friday. Favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Atlanta. Nickname your parents used to call you? KK. Now on, man. Um, <laughs> last song you downloaded? Oh, or not um, download, but like, it would, like maybe you went to your phone and said, I got to listen to this. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what did I just listen to? It's a Christmas song. I mean, it, it is. You were in the holiday season. I know. Um, it might have been, and this is going to really date me. It might have been, I think it was one of the Temptation Christmas songs I was playing while I was doing some work earlier. So it was a Temptation song from the okay. Christmas album. Was it, never mind. We'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? <laughs> Lightning round. Oh, animals. Favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas. How long does it take for you to get ready? 45 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah. 
That's <laughs> right. It, I was not trying to be so exaggerative. Uh, scale of one to 10. How good of a driver are you? Nine. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is genius. Talented. At what, yeah. At, at, agreed. At what age do you want to retire? Oh, <laughs> um, huh. 60. Okay. Invisibility or super strength? Mm, invisibility. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will uh, give you one last thing in case you're interested in doing this because I've been hitting you hard with so many questions. Uh, but oftentimes it, it's rare that someone can come on here and actually embarrass me with things is there any because of, of we've had many experiences is there anything you would like to share with the listeners that i would probably not want them to know <laughs> you know what's funny yes actually um, oh no you got super excited at your face I, I was like wait a minute there, there is a time there was one time and you'll i'm sure you remember this um when i worked in central admission uh you know it, we do a lot of traveling and we do yeah. a lot of recruitment all over the country and Paul and I were in Miami mm -hmm. for some recruitment. Events. By the way, um, this, the opening of the story can go in multiple directions. And I'm fascinated <laughs> of which one you're going in because we were in Miami a few times. We were. We were. We were in Miami a few times. Um, and so we had finished work for the day and we went to grab some food. And, you know, we were this was, gosh, nearly 20 years ago. So, you know, we were yeah. even younger than we are now. But yeah. um you know, and it just kind of goes to show how hard we work, I guess, because, you know, we're in Miami of all cities, you know, it has an amazing nightlife. And what do we choose to do? We went to go see Brother Bear at the movies. The Disney animated film Brother Bear. It yes. came out in November of 2003. It was exactly 20 years ago, by the way. And it was a moment where I was in there and I think I, you know what, actually, I think I fell asleep in the movie. You did. Because you, you laughed at me because I snored in the movie you theater. You did. But um, I'm like, man, we're some young guys in Miami watching a Disney movie on a Friday night. We, we could be out. Because I, I feel bad yeah. about this because I, I'm pretty sure it was my idea. And it was at this yeah. moment of like, uh, if I remember correctly, this was, I think, our second trip to Miami that year. And the first trip was lots of fun, which we yeah. won't talk about. Right. But it was like, what are we going to do? We have to do something because we were yeah. just like, whatever. But I think we were both just also really tired. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that was an interview weekend. And we were just like, it was a, thank God we don't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I don't know. We're just like, we, I think we spent like hours because it was just the two of us. Like, what are we going to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. I'm like, well, let's maybe we'll see a movie. Well, what's playing? I don't know. Well, like, this one kind of looks like it might be fun. And I'm a fan of animated movies and I get made fun of a lot. Uh, <laughs> and I I was thinking about this conversation the other day, Lady. I know we're going to talk about this. I had a feeling that that's what you would say. And so I started like trying to relive, like, where were we in that process? And yeah. I just remember thinking like, I was excited about this movie because it looks super funny and it wasn't as good as I thought it might've right. been. Yeah. And you had every right to fall asleep. And I, you know, <laughs> this was also the time, and I'll out myself, yeah. this is also a time that I think uh, around this time, if not the year prior, yeah, I remember taking a date out to see like a, 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 like a Sesame Street movie because I thought it was going to be funny. I thought it was going to be And I realized like I just embarrassed myself and I never talked <laughs> to that group again. It was a bad moment. So you're, you know, this is in line with me being an idiot and just like, you know, doing stupid things. But yeah, no, we went to go see Brother <laughs> so Bear. 
in the middle of Miami on a in Friday the middle night. of Miami. Yeah. yeah. Coconut yeah. Grove. If I remember correctly. Yep. It was, and I think we had, Grove. yeah, we, we had a little mandate. We had a little yeah, mandate. We, we went to cheesecake we factory. Uh, yeah. you know, Kevin, Kevin got dessert for me. Yeah. I thought it was nice. Yeah. And we went it to was, the movies. It was a brother beer date. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Good times. Well, Good with times. that brother bear, I appreciate you, uh, <laughs> being on the, uh, being on the podcast and thanks yeah. so much for joining us and doing all uh, the work that you do. It's been great. Thanks for having me. It's been good to talk about this. And I, I hope uh, all our listeners were able to pull some tidbits and some morsels that they can take with them. And, you know, it's exciting stuff that we good got stuff. going on here. Yeah. All right, man. All Thank right. you very much. All right. Take care, everybody. Right, everybody, welcome back, um, Paul. Thank you for thank you for um, bringing him on. Also for letting him share the story of um, your funny story. I'm personally uh, very entertained. It's not that bad, by it. right? Yeah, no, not that bad. Not that Good. bad. I'm trying to think if I remember any worse ones, though. I I don't, but I'll I'll seek them out. <laughs> I'll, I'll go I'll go hunt them down on campus. There- try and hear that there are plenty in which people are sworn to secrecy there are plenty in which people are sworn to secrecy and i think people worry because if they tell any stories about me they know i have worse stories about them that's Mm -hmm. always the threat so Mm -hmm. there we go um so my it is the last opportunity before students have the opportunity to apply uh for january 15th and if you're applying hit submit if you're not don't worry about it and have a great great uh life wherever you end up going and and all the other schools you're applying to and i wish you the best of luck if you've ever considered or engaged with us as part of the university and the engineering school i know it's a it's a stressful process and but i wish you all the best of luck if you're still happen to be in, listening to this podcast um now uh this is a time that's kind of interesting because we're working with seniors who are wrapping up their application, but this is also the time where juniors are heavily engaged in the process. So students that are graduating in 2025 are visiting right now. There's lots of opportunities for visiting, lots of opportunities to get to know the university as they start their college search. And there's lots of weeks and days off in the in the near future in January and February and obviously spring break coming up. And so if you are a younger student, junior or younger, that's looking to learn a little bit more about USC and the Viterbi School of Engineering, I encourage you to go to, to excuse me, whoa, geez, gosh, I don't know what's going on with my voice. <clears throat> I encourage you to go to viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash events, viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash events. We have programs like our Visit Viterbi Experience, which goes on on most Mondays and Fridays and every once in a while, Wednesday or some other days get sprinkled in as available. We have some uh, virtual information sessions that happen on afternoons of Tuesdays and Thursdays and sometimes Saturdays, and we've got them sprinkled out on our website. So go straight to the website, register to come visit campus or register for one of our virtual sessions to learn a lot more about the school. And when you do that, we'll also be in contact with you via email and send you even more information about the school so you can learn as much as you can as you're considering lots of different colleges and universities that are out there. There's nothing else you need to do. Trust me, all those different events encapsulate everything you're going to need to know. And we hope that you're going to see you soon. Do you remember, Maya, when you started looking at colleges? I do. I was just thinking about it as you were talking. I think it was my junior year. I came to California for spring break. So I was with my family and we mm. enjoyed enjoyed the nice weather, but we also did some college tours. So I just remember being um, amazed. USC was beautiful. Actually, my dad remembers you giving the presentation that we went to. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like very specifically. So yeah, I would totally recommend. In your junior year? In my junior year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a, a long memory. 
it honestly it makes me feel old. Like I'm like, oh, that was like a couple of years ago. Like, no, that was that was a while ago. I'm I'm a senior in college. Do now. you ever think about it like when when you're in it now? Cause like a couple of weeks ago, like December, we were doing that session together. Do you ever think about it when you're on the other end of it? Because now you're the current student talking to the prospective students. Yeah. And especially on this podcast as well. Like if myself, my junior year of high school could see me now and what I'm doing, like it would be insane. I would just be blown away. Yeah, I never, <laughs> I never even considered that I would like get into USC and come here. I know like as a, a high school student, it's hard to hard to picture yourself, but like being here now. Yeah, that's a, that's a big gratitude moment. That's great. Well, for all of you out there that are listening, thank you for listening. If you ever need anything else, you know how to get in touch with us on our website. And we will see you again next week with another episode of the Turby Voices. Bye, everybody. Bye.